I think some people think, well, forgiveness means that you accept what somebody's done to you or that you approve it or somehow have decided to overlook. To me, forgiveness is when you release your right to retribution and give it to God. And there is such a freedom and liberty in that. And so I like to share that with my readers and hope that the character's portrayal of that will encourage them if they have issues in their lives. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Writer's Day podcast. My name is Ruth Douthit, and I'm a multi-published, award-winning author of books for kids and dragon lovers of all ages. And I have a women's adult contemporary romance series coming out soon. So in other words, I'm a writer, and I write. (laughs) And I started a Writer's Day podcast for listeners like you, folks who want to know more about writing, and to listen to published authors talk about their writing stories, their journeys of how they became published authors. So welcome. First of all, are you on Book Funnel? You should be, especially if you are a reader, because I participate in promotions where you can download free copies of my books and all these other amazing books too. So visit BookFunnel today, sign up, and start reading books for free. They have various genres there. So check BookFunnel out today. And also, be sure you sign up for my newsletter at my website at artbyruth.com, where you can sign up for book giveaways. I'll be giving away books by Jamie Jo Wright, Sarah Sundin, books by Tracy Peterson, Suzanne Woods Fisher, and more. I'll also provide some writing tips and news about upcoming book events like the book signing event I'll be participating here local in Phoenix at Bookman's where I'll be selling my books and giving away art, my dragon art, and also my new book releases October 25th Dragon Riders, which is book three in the Elves of Volgard series. That book comes out October 25th, and I'll be having a special Facebook event coming up in November, where again, you can receive free books from participating authors and my own books and artwork. Dragon Art will be given away. So be sure to sign up for my newsletter where you will be given more information about these exciting events. At my newsletter, I'll also be presenting various writing tools that I use and that you can use. I'll answer your questions and so much more. So newsletters are a great, great way to get to know authors. So please sign up for mine. I'll also have more upcoming podcast news about authors that I've interviewed, like Brian Lifton, Tracy Peterson, who you'll be listening to today. Suzanne Woods-Fisher, Jennifer Dybel, and so many more coming soon to a Writer's Day podcast. Award-winning novelist and most prolific author, Tracy Peterson, has been praised for her captivating historical fiction novels 
and she has won awards for her research for these novels. Peterson packs her signature elements of history, action, and romance into each book. And her newest novel, Under the Starry Skies, is about facing your past and learning to forgive others. I really enjoyed talking with Tracy. She convicted me to remember to treat my writing and my podcasting and my art as a ministry to serve God by ministering to others through storytelling. Isn't that amazing? I really enjoyed talking with Tracy Peterson, and I think you're really in for a treat as you listen to her writing advice and explanation of Under the Starry Skies. So you know the drill. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax as we listen to award-winning author Tracy Peterson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. I'm so honored to have you here with me because I know you have a choice as to which podcasts you tune into. And I'm honored that you're joining me today. And we are in for a treat. We have Tracy Peterson here to talk to us about her book, Under the Starry Skies. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Sure, my pleasure. I always love talking to authors about their stories and how you, you know, came up with the story where you were inspired from. But why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself first? Well, I've been writing uh, full-time for nearly 30 years. Wow. Uh, before that, I was always writing something somewhere. And uh, I kind of credit my mother with giving me the passion for storytelling because she would give me a piece of paper and a pencil when we were in church to keep me quiet because they didn't <laughs> have children's church. And she would tell me to write her a story. And what was really smart was afterwards uh, when she had time after church and she would say, tell me your story. Hmm. And so I knew I would get her undivided attention. And I really do credit her with, with just stirring that passion in me to be a storyteller uh, so I've been writing off and on most all of my life. And what's funny is that in high school, when I applied for creative writing, I was rejected. And the note on my paper that I had written said that I didn't show enough creativity or imagination. And so that was just something that spurred me on to be even more, uh, of a writer to study it more, to get in and listen to other people and, you know, learn the craft, hone my skills. Mm -hmm. And so now after all these years and 135 books, I feel like, you know, the gift that the Lord has given me has been something I've been able to use for his glory because my writing is a ministry for me. And, uh, I've been able to employ my husband to work full time for me as a researcher. And that has been just such a blessing for the both of us because we can travel together, we can research together, and uh, we can live just about anywhere. And so we were native Kansans who moved to Montana and are loving big sky living. Mm -hmm. What made you make the move to Montana from Kansas? 
we really felt that God was was yeah. behind the whole thing. We we felt the desire to leave uh Kansas very humid, has a lot of tornadoes. We mm. were tired of both. <laughs> sure. And as we prayed about where to go, uh Montana just kept coming up. And we came and checked things out and it was perfect for us. Beautiful mountains, dry climate, no tornadoes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we've got we've got the occasional bears and and earthquakes, but <laughs> those are still easier to deal with than tornadoes. <laughs> sure, I hear you. Now you said uh, when you were in church, you would write down a story. Uh, it's funny because I would always be handed a piece of paper, and my mom would say draw me a picture or sit there and uh-huh. draw, you know, to keep me. So I would sit there and draw <laughs> and you would write. <laughs> well, the funny thing is a lot of my, a lot of my stories were pictures, mm. but then I had the accompanying story to go with it. So <laughs> <laughs> now I find it fascinating that the criticism from your high school creative writing teacher didn't dissuade you from going forward, but it kind of motivated you to dig deeper yes yes people telling me no generally has that effect (laughs) that's wonderful though because for me I tend to be well I think it depends for me on my writing I think it would have hindered me and made me just set it aside because I'm Uh very more uh, sensitive with my artwork I would I'm like you I'd be like okay I'll go deeper then I'll make it even better you know (laughs) right and I love to tell people that story and the fact that I don't have a college degree because it is a gift. I really feel that God's given me this gift to share, uh, to encourage people, to educate, to entertain. Those are my three E's. I just, I want you to be thoroughly entertained by the book so that you can't put the thing down and you're staying up till three in the morning to read it. <laughs> mm. I want to add educational factors. So I try to be absolutely thorough in my uh, research and very accurate. I've, I've actually, uh, won awards for the accuracy. And I want lastly for above all for it to encourage. So I always provide uh, glimpses of biblical encouragement as well as the gospel message. This is a ministry for me. That's beautiful. Well, God has definitely blessed you. (laughs) So your husband helped you with research. So do you come up with the idea and then the two of you sit down and decide the research that needs to be done? Or has the research kind of spurred more stories for you? Sometimes both. I mean, there's times when Jim will watch some some documentary and he'll come and he'll say, hey, have you ever thought about doing a story about this? And there's other times when I will be digging and reading research for one project and come across something and I will ask him to you know, would you check more into this? Because it sounds like this would be fun to do too. And so there's just all sorts of things that will pop up. You know, he might be talking to somebody uh, that he's run into at the grocery store or, or, you know, and just he'll learn about something because that's who he is. He just loves to talk to people and he loves to learn. (laughs) And uh, pretty soon we're off researching something new that, that he's discovered. And so it's really, it comes from all different angles. That's great, though. Where, what, are, what are some of the locations you've been to together to research? We have been all over Alaska, of course, mm-hmm. because I've written several um, series set up there. And uh, one, of, one of our favorite trips to Alaska was uh, uh, to Nome. 
out there all by itself with not a whole lot of town or uh, amenities and the cell phones didn't work and we were just happy as larks. It was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we've been to Europe. We've been all over the United States and you know, we just a lot of times try to, we definitely try to go to the places that I'm writing about. Of course, COVID put an end to that for a while. Sure. Uh, but what's really great is, is, as you and I were talking about earlier, with all the technology we have now, a lot of times I can go online and I can find uh, cameras for different locations and observe places if I can't get there. And then I can connect with people through various chambers of commerce or the museums and the archivists that work there and get their opinions on things. One of the biggest reasons I like to go to a place is even though the times have changed and the buildings and and, and layout and so forth, those kind of things have been altered. But the general feel and lay of the land hasn't as much as you might think. And so a lot of times experiencing the weather, like when I wrote uh, a series here a while back that was set in Duluth and right, you know, right on this Lake Superior, I wanted to go and experience that. I wanted to to uh, be a great lakes girl for a week or so. Mm -hmm. And so we went up there and this, you know, was before all the uh, isolation and and, uh, staying at home. And we experienced that and a storm came up. And so I experienced a storm right on the you know shores of the Great Lake, uh, Lake Superior. And, you know, it was it was those kind of things that really helped me with my story details. Like when we were in Nome, we were out driving on the little gravel highways that they have, which I think there's two or three. But anyway, uh, they're just practically single lane roads and and not a whole lot uh definitely nothing there to really uh give you any sort of amenity or or help and we're out there and all of a sudden a fog rolls in and within 5 minutes we can't see the hood of our car mm. and so an experience like that is great for storytelling yeah you could put it, it was, in your book yeah exactly it was something i'd never experienced and mm. and so you know I love to go to the places that I write about, but it doesn't always happen. And so when it doesn't, then I try to rely on locals who live there, uh, the museums and local, uh, like uh, regional writings, because a lot of times it's wonderful to get a hold of diaries and just read the local thoughts at the time period that I am working in. Mm, Wow, that sounds fascinating. Now, this book, Under the Starry Skies, takes place along the Santa Fe Railroad. So tell us a little bit about your inspiration for this story and some of the research you had to do. Well, I had family members growing up uh, when I was a little girl. My grandfather worked for the Santa Fe. There were other family members who worked for various railroads. And it was just something I have always, always loved is the railroad. And people who do any kind of reading up on the railroad will realize just how this country was reliant upon the the railroad Mm -hmm. for growth, for people being able to settle, 
for distribution of goods and all those things, you know. And so the railroad is just such an important feature in our history in America. And New Mexico it was a state that, you know, I'd been to quite a few times. And it was because of the, uh, you know, COVID, vac- uh, COVID sickness and, and having to stay home and everything. I tried to figure out locations where I had plenty of research that I could dig into and utilize for the book without having to go again to the area. And I'd been to this area many times and, and it was just very, uh, you know, ingrained in my memory. And so I chose the area of a little town that no longer exists. It's just a, a cemetery there now. Uh, but San Marcial, New Mexico was a hub for the railroad, for the, the uh, Santa Fe Railroad. And it was a little town that had uh, been located right on the Rio Grande. And then an older part of the town was located up on a hill. So they had old town and new town. It was just a lot of fun to see the differences, the people, the businesses that came in to accommodate the railroad when they decided to make this a district headquarters. And so this was a little town that you would have thought would have taken off and done really well uh, with, you know, several thousand people in the early, late 1800s, early 1900s, but for flooding, the Rio Grande River had flooded several times and just totally wiped out parts of the town. And in the, in, during in that, in the 1920s, they had a, a, massive flood in August and then turned around and had another big one in September mm-hmm. and it just wiped out the town. And so the Santa Fe decided to move the, the headquarters and, and just to uh, forget about San Marcial. And so it was a, a setting that I thought deserved a little storytelling. <laughs> During World War One, though, how did you, and, and the uh, Me- Mexican revolutionaries, how did you get a romance out of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, romance lives. No there matter. you go. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> matter. <laughs> and sometimes even the stress of things and, and the things that we have to do it to endure in life, mm. uh, egg on romance even more. So it was just a, uh, for me, it was a great setting and time period because of the complications that were going on. And the the obstacles to any romance is usually one of the best parts of the story. So that's why I chose it. <laughs> well, I, a lot of people feel the railroad is romantic anyway. It's I think so, romantic. Yeah. I do too. So tell us about the actual story. Cassandra and her friend Brandon. What happens to them? <laughs> Cassandra is a is a railroad girl. Her dad was a part of the railroad uh, working and uh, existing in this railroad town is is all she's really ever known in in other locations as well as San Marcial. And her father has passed away. He was uh, killed early in the spring when his train derailed, and you know. Railroad accidents were were very plentiful, and there was always somebody getting hurt or killed or some type of, of disaster happening. 
you know, in part because we don't have the rules and regs, I suppose, that we have now, but but also just because there were still so many learning curves and factors to to think about. And uh, so her father dies earlier in the spring uh, around the same time that uh, there are raids on Columbus, New Mexico uh, by Pancho Villa. And so there's some discussion about, you know, had this, you know, been just an accident or had it been murder? Mm-hmm. And Brandon has vowed to figure that out. He is, he was really close with her father and he had promised her father that if anything ever happened, he would look out for her, but he's got issues from his own past. And so that kind of interferes and through all the the different things that happen, he has to really come to terms with the past before he can move forward with the future. And Cassandra does too. She in fact has problems and issues that she really wasn't exactly sure what they were grounded in and and had to come to understand. And they were family related with a sister that had uh, moved away years before. And so she's got a lot of things to come to terms with as well. And in the very beginning of the story, there's an accident with, you know, some young men who are under Brandon's uh, tutelage at the, at the railroad. They accidentally knock her off the boardwalk and she breaks her hand and she's a seamstress. So mm. for six weeks, she's not going to be able to sew. And uh, so they, they team together under Brandon's direction and support her. And so there's all these stories that she hears. And so she starts writing them down and she starts writing down stories from her own father and realize that, that there's a lot of neat railroad stories that she could put together in a book. So that's something she kind of gets involved with and excited about while Brandon is trying to figure out who killed her father. I love that. And it seems that facing the past is one of the themes found in your book. Are there other themes that the readers can find in Under the Starry Skies? Sure. Uh, you know, in all of my stories, I always deal with the theme of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a critical and important part of my life. I've had to be given, I, I've had to be forgiven much. I've had to forgive much. And it just is one of those things that touches me deeply and that I want my readers to understand is a, is a critical part of their, their life. And uh, I think some people think, well, forgiveness means that you accept what somebody's done to you or that you approve it or somehow have decided to overlook it. And that's not it at all. To me, forgiveness is when you release your right to retribution and give it to God. Mm -hmm. And there is such a freedom and liberty in that. And so I like to share that with my readers and hope that the character's portrayal of that will encourage them if they have issues in their lives. Mm, that's beautiful. Under the Starry Skies releases this month from Bethany House. How exciting. It is. And it, and and readers are already sending letters in telling me how much they have enjoyed oh. it. And so I just encourage if you haven't read it, go out and get it. You don't have to read the other two in the series to uh, enjoy this one. They all three stand alone with just having the railroad and San Marcial in common. Mm, great i can hardly wait to read it so imagine you have a writer in front of you who's really struggling with staying motivated life is busy and hectic and they are frustrated how could you advise someone to stay motivated 
You know, there's several really good things that people advised me when I was early in the in the uh, writing trade. And one of the biggest was to continue to read. Good reader, good writers are good readers. And so read and not just read your genre, but read everything you can get your hands on. And I, I'm a voracious reader. I love to read all sorts of genres. I love to read nonfiction as well as fiction. And so I just always encourage readers or writers, new writers, especially to not forsake their reading because it's just really important. And then I also encourage them to network and to connect with other writers. And a lot of times people are are real shy about this and think, oh, well, I don't have anything yet to show and and I haven't been published yet. So no, no real author is going to want to speak with me. And that's just not true. Uh, there are a lot of, of uh, writers groups out there. ACFW.com is a great organization that I helped to found way back when. And uh, it's American Christian Fiction Writers. They have all sorts of critique helps. They've got networking helps. They've got connections with editors and publishers and agents. And I, they have online workshops and whatnot. And so I always encourage new authors to connect with a reader or writer group so that they can continue to hone their skills, but also they can just connect with other people who know what they're going through. And it's so motivational to to be able to sit down and talk with other writers and say, you know, I'm stuck in this area and I really need some help. And I have found that especially in the Christian writer world, people are very generous with their advice, with their love, with their support. And so that is the best thing I can suggest. Mm, Wonderful advice indeed from the prolific Tracy Peterson, (laughs) award-winning historical fiction novelist. I thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with me today. You are very welcome. It's my privilege. Oh, great. And for more information about Tracy and her books, you can visit her website at tracypeterson.com. And of course, her book, Under the Starry Skies, releases October 2022 from Bethany House. Thanks again, Tracy. You bet. Thank you. Wow, wasn't that amazing listening to Tracy Peterson talk about her writing journey, her researching experience with her husband, and her amazing new book, Under the Starry Skies? She was so inspirational for me and motivating me to keep writing, not for my own glory, but for God's glory and for that reader out there who really needs hope. We authors can put so much hope into our stories, hope for our protagonists, hope for our readers, and even hope for ourselves. Writing is that powerful. I hope you've been encouraged to keep going on this writing journey one step at a time. And until next time, God bless.